Welcome back, everyone. It's Tuesday, December 1st. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Unity Wealth Management. And thanks for joining us uh, every week, every Tuesday at noon. We do a recap of the markets and uh, take a look at different topics. And today we are going to talk about the markets hitting all-time high, why we're seeing that and, uh, and what that means. Uh, as we head into the holiday season, such as it is this year. But, uh, but let's jump on into. Yeah, there we go. So as always, uh, what we're going to cover here today is information purposes only. Don't take it as advice. I'll always seek the help of a professional or give us a shout uh, to help you with your specific needs. Uh, these are general concepts and you should really take a look at your unique uh, situation. Uh, or do your own due diligence before acting on anything you hear here or anywhere else, actually, when, especially on the internet. Uh, always make sure it's applicable to your situation. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, you can just click that little Q&A button and type in your question. Or if you're watching on a replay or if you want to, if you think of it afterwards, go to mikeonmoney.com. Uh, that's our portal where you can access uh, email, phone numbers, uh, all our social media uh, accounts where you can find this video and other videos uh, the like and also all the educational material that we put out. So head there if you have any questions or as I said, you can just ask it on here today. We'll try to get to it at, at the end if we have any questions. Uh, otherwise, we'll definitely follow up with you later. So let's jump into what we're seeing in the economy and what's going on out there right now. Uh, we're watching for the GDP numbers for September in Canada. Uh, actually, they are out, so I'll talk to, to it a little bit later. It just came out today. Uh, U.S. Um, manufacturing reports are expected for November is where we take a look at that. And also all the banks are starting to report. So we've seen Bank of Montreal already come out with the numbers and we're waiting for Scotia TD and Royal to have their numbers out shortly. So kind of an indication of what's going on in the um, in the economy when we see how the banks are doing, see what London's like uh, and how that's affecting uh, in both companies and individuals. Uh, as far as the stock markets go, we're still seeing some good numbers, uh, obviously very positive today. It was a little bit of pullback yesterday, uh, but I think just a bit of profit taken after a good week and a good November. We saw uh, a great November um, really after the election and of course the, the um, vaccine news, a lot of, a lot of enthusiasm around the, uh, the, the potential of the vaccines coming out. Uh, so we're seeing pretty much all the indexes rallying uh, through November and starting, starting off December uh, pretty strong so far. Uh, and we're also uh, taking a look at the NASDAQ on the technology front where we've seen that uh, gain uh, heading through November as well. Uh, let's take a look at what's going on from the, uh, the analysts out there. Investors are weighing prospects of the corporate earnings to set uh, all-time records. So, you know, despite everything that's uh, been happening in our economy, uh, that, you know, with the, the virus, the pandemics, the shutdowns, we have actually seen a big jump in business in different areas. Obviously, tech has been at the forefront. We've covered in different video, videos the different sectors that have been excelling. So we are seeing a, a sector or, or sections, I should say, of stocks out there in the market, hidden, hidden all-time highs and hidden uh, record sales and record revenues. They are also being hit with some added costs, and we're going to see a little bit of that. 
when we talk about some of the earnings come out, we've seen already seen some, especially in retail, um, you know, like even the grocery stores that have uh, done very well as far as revenue goes, but they have had to add extra costs, whether it be uh, shipping deliveries as more and more people order online uh, or even in store or in person, I should say, uh, extra measures, plexi, clean, extra cleaning being done, uh, more labor costs as they, they try to keep people safe as they, uh, they go into the stores or into the establishment. So we are looking for that as we see the earners come out. Uh, small caps so keep surging uh, as vaccine aid recovery. So we talked a little bit about different, um, different capitalizations, different size of capitalizations. So large capitalization, capitalization, sorry, companies, mid-size and small cap or small capitalization companies. So uh, whenever we go through recovery in an economy or a big shift in the economy, uh, you know, your large caps benefit from the traditional, the more mature markets, but it's that new small cap, those up and comers, especially out of something like the pandemic where we're seeing, uh, as we've talked about quite a bit through the, this series, is the, the disruptive technologies or the disruptive companies. And it's not always technology companies, but they're using technologies in a different way to disrupt uh, an established sector. Uh, I've used the example in the past, you know, the gyms, uh, where we've seen this move to home gym or online personal training. We've got the Pelotons in the world. Apple Fitness has just rolled out. Uh, Amazon's rolling out with their um, home fitness and, and many others. Uh, so it's that disruptive uh, technology coming in the smaller companies and they see a surge in growth. So that's something to keep, keep an eye on uh, as we go into the new year, of course. Uh, there's going to be more and more. Uh, I think early on I kind of mentioned, you know, the, the pandemic certainly is going to hurt and affect a lot of businesses, uh, especially certain sectors. But when these things happen, it, it's, it's tragic in, in that, you know, people's jobs are affected and companies are being affected. Uh, but it is also a little bit like a, uh, a wildfire that will go and burn through, uh, you know, a forest, but it also clears out the debris and, and, and fertilizes for new growth to happen underneath. And that's what we see in the small cap sector. So we're going to keep a really close eye on that. Oil prices, uh, we'll talk a little bit about them. They have moved up a bit, but still really struggling going into 2021. Uh, OPEC plus, uh, you know, continues to try to negotiate, uh, you know, the, 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 the reduction in production globally uh, to keep the prices as high as possible. Uh, but the demand uh, really hasn't seen there and has not seen a lot of traction for that to recover. Uh, Biden's out there picking his economic team and, and his uh, his cabinet. Uh, so a lot of uh, a lot of optimism around uh, a lot of his picks. He's picking a lot of experienced people. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of knowledge and, and also very diverse, which is uh, great when it comes to uh, getting inputs from all aspects. Uh, it makes a big difference in the quality of information and information flow. So. Really good, and three top women being picked to top economic posts, uh, which is a big shift for the White House diversity. U.S. housing manufacturing data is suggesting a bit of a slowing in the recovery. Uh, nothing to be overly concerned about. We've, we've talked about the numbers uh, through basically since September uh, when we started to see more and more reopening. Uh, obviously, that was pent-up demand. There was a big surge in all the numbers. Uh, from the complete shutdown earlier in the year, 
and those are tapering off. We, we've seen that uh, pretty steadily every month over month. It is still growth. It's just slowing growth. That's pretty normal. Uh, you know, again, it's something we keep an eye on, but nothing to be overly concerned about. Uh, the Fed has, uh, has looked at extending four of the emergency liquidity programs until the end of March. Uh, and this is just to help companies refinance out there that, uh, that might have either stalled a little bit on debt or had some debt come due through uh, the closures or through the pandemic and just help make sure they have liquidity to stay in business and, and get them through as the, uh, as the revenues pick back up again. As I mentioned, OPEC is leaning towards extending those cuts. So they had an agreement till Jan the beginning of January with the, uh, the OPEC plus countries to reduce um, global production, uh, to keep the inventories lower, to keep the prices up higher. Um, the, the OPEC plus group is trying to work with um, the OPEC countries and also those outside of the OPEC uh, group to, uh, to keep, uh, keep those numbers low. Um, there's several countries that aren't abiding by those rules already, and there's a lot of pressure by them to continue. As you know, oil is a, is a big um, revenue source for the countries as far as their GDPs go, and they need that revenue uh, to, you know, to kind of keep the lights on a little bit. So even if you know, they don't mind selling at a lower price, if they can keep uh, revenues coming in. So there is this balancing act that's happening with OPEC Plus right now. As we do every week, we take a look at the numbers and unfortunately they're not getting any better. Uh, 60, almost 64 million total cases globally. Uh, just you know, approaching, uh, if not already there, uh, the 1.5 million total people have passed uh, since the start of the pandemic. Uh, Canada's over the 12,000 mark as far as uh, those who have, uh, who have deceased uh, through uh, or related to uh, the, the, uh, the COVID-19 virus uh, and in all countries still, still seeing large numbers, still seeing increase in numbers. Uh, this second wave has hit quite hard. We're starting to see that the pressures on the hospitals now, uh, especially in the ICU beds uh, through the US and in Europe, uh, you know, getting worse and worse and Canada obviously creeping up all the time which is the challenge as always is how taxed or, or how much pressure isn't on the the hospital the medical system in order to provide care for those who who need it not just those suffering covid of course if you have other medical needs if those beds are all taken it, it's hard to uh, it's hard to treat everybody uh, properly or, or, or keep the medical the the high quality of medical services that uh, that we need and, and and are used to uh, as always, this list is not complete. We truncate uh, certain countries out just to, to fit it on here. We try to say to the majors, uh, but you can always go to worldometer.com and see a full list there if you're interested in some other numbers. So let's take a look at the, uh, the individual markets. We'll take a look at the U.S. first. As I mentioned, we've seen the, uh, the indexes rally through November, um, a record since 1987 for one month's uh, performance. Um, uh, the indexes did dip a little bit yesterday, uh, just some profit taking coming off that, that turned around this morning. So nothing to, nothing to be concerned about there. The U.S. dollar did show a little bit of strength um, after its, you know, its long downward trend. Uh, that's just a bit on the, the change in risk uh, assessment with the, the, uh, 
with a vaccine, but nothing that I think will really reverse the longer term trend that, we, that we're likely to see there. As I mentioned, the, the oil prices are falling. And if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't listened to a lot of these, I know I talked about the oil sector a lot. It is a, part, a big part of the Canadian economy or certainly our GDP. Um, but the reason we're seeing this is not just the pandemic. Uh, oil is a shift and it is a decline in industry or fossil fuels is a decline in industry. Not going away, uh, but demand is shifting as te other technologies take over, uh, become more effective and more and more money uh, flows into them to, to help develop them. Now, they, the technologies obviously have a long way to go. Um, uh, and so does oil uh, or so does the fuel fossil fuels, uh, but they are in that, that transfer stage of, uh, of the shift that we, we've seen with things like coal in the past uh, and, and certainly we've seen it with fossil fuels now. Uh, coming up in the U.S., as I mentioned, we're looking at the supply management and the factory numbers to come out. Uh, we're expecting, you know, uh, a little bit of a slip, uh, actually, from October, uh, just as, um, you know, as I said, things are slowing down a little bit after that initial couple of months of surge that we saw when things opened up again. Uh, Salesforce is expected to post their, um, their earnings. If you're not familiar with Salesforce, they're one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, contact management software. So this is kind of the Rolodex, the new electronic Rolodex that businesses uh, use around the world. Uh, it's expected to post a, a large rise as more and more licenses had to be buy, bought for people who are working remotely, but also their cloud service. So people who aren't in the office, uh, you know, offices uh, are not just for, for, for contact information, uh, but are moving to cloud services more and more. Uh, and Salesforce is able to charge for that. So uh, we should see some good numbers out of them. And we talked last week about that cloud sector as far as IT or technology goes is, is another sector we're seeing some massive growth in as more and more companies move to cloud. Uh, also coming up, Moderna is to seek US and EU approval uh, yesterday. They're in that process, which they're saying a few days to, to get those approvals. Uh, the you know, countries around the world, both the EU, uh, UK, and the U.S. are pushing for a December start to roll out on the vaccine. Uh, Canada's in that bucket as well. Uh, we do have, I think we actually have one of the largest orders with Moderna. Um, or sorry, no, we're Astro companies. Uh, but I think Canada's expect in early January to have approval of record. Uh, the S&P uh, S&P company, the S&P Global, is looking to buy IHS uh, Market, which uh, is a, a market data uh, and research provider. So they're looking to expand their data empire as data becomes the new gold for businesses to be able to mine data. Uh, we see that in the you know when we talk about Facebook and Amazon. Uh, any kind, Google, uh, all, you know, of course, um, building businesses and building empires on data mining. So figuring out what people want, what they're looking for, and uh, providing those services, uh, targeted services to them, um, or directly to people as fast and quickly as possible. Cyber Monday uh, was set to be the biggest online shopping of day in US history. So not a surprise here, uh, you know, of course, online shopping every year for the last, I don't know how many years, uh, has been the biggest as more and more people get comfortable with e-commerce, more and more people, of course, online shopping, uh, you know, that this particular Monday or this year's Cyber Monday being the largest 
uh, is no surprise is even more people have jumped to e-commerce as uh, either they can't get to the store, they don't feel safe going to the store, the stores just aren't open in certain areas. So not a big surprise. The real, uh, the real numbers that we, we need to crunch from that is total retail sales. So uh, December or the holiday season, traditionally one of the big numbers we look at is retail sales as a whole to see how much people are spending. It's a good indication of how uh, confident people are, whether it, become, whether it be in the economy, uh, their work situation, or how much um, you know, discretionary cash people have to be able to go out there and shop. So it's great. We're seeing, we saw a record for Cyber Monday, but really the numbers we have to add together are the brick and mortar retail and Cyber Monday's numbers uh, and compare that to a normal year of both those and see was this a, a growth year for retail sales as a whole uh, or was it um, you know, a decline compared to previous years? So are people feeling more hesitant about spending their money? So we'll, look for the, we'll be looking for those numbers in the next week or so. Uh, GM uh, is announced uh, with, uh, with Nicola Moore's um, uh, re reworked agreement. So I don't know if you uh, followed this story. Uh, we touched on it slightly uh, several, several weeks ago. So Nikola Motors is an electric uh, car manufacturer uh, competing directly with uh, Tesla. Uh, and when I say that, mostly in that they, they, they came out with uh, that they were going to be launching a truck called the Badger, electric truck called the Badger, and I believe they had an SUV as well. Um, and GM uh, committed to putting, uh, I think it was $10 million um, into Nikola. The shares were rallying. Uh, then it kind of came out that the CEO, uh, they had a lot of promo videos of this beautiful uh, electric truck and they had it going down this hill and, and, and they had a lot of stats around its capabilities and its range. Uh, then it came out that uh, that whole video was shot with the truck just being rolled down the hill because there was no motor in it. Um, so obviously there's a controversy. That doesn't mean Nikola uh, isn't actually developing a vehicle. In fact, they are, uh, they are still planning to, to launch that Badger. Uh, but obviously the stocks tumbled on that. Uh, the CEO quits, uh, but GM has reworked a deal with them uh, as GM is still committed to using their technology in uh, their fleet and supporting uh, Nikola to, to get out uh, their, their, so far, uh, two vehicles that they're, they're working to get to market sooner than later. So uh, good news for Nikola, certainly for the employees and, uh, and those who have worked, have worked really hard, the engineers to develop uh, the vehicle. Uh, and I actually do like the vehicle from what I saw. I'd be really interested to see it with an engine in it. Um, but it's, uh, it, it looks like a very interesting a new competitor to the electronic vehicle market for, uh, for North America. Uh, DoorDash is looking at going public. So there's a lot of IPOs. We've talked about the, uh, the IPOs globally being uh, very, uh, very active this year. Of course, we have Airbnb about to launch and they've just repriced theirs to go higher. And DoorDash is aiming to double the valuation that they originally were planning on uh, to raise. Now they're looking at raising about 2.8 uh, billion uh, on their initial IPO. So that's going to be, you know, interesting, um, you know, for those buyers, are, are they getting value at that level? Uh, you know, given that the, you know, DoorDash is, is, is out there basically charging twice uh, what they originally planned to uh, when they, at the beginning of 2020, when they were considering doing their, their IPO. Obviously, businesses pick ordering on, you know, takeout foods, more and more restaurants getting on the platforms. You know, the two big ones being Skip the Dishes and, and DoorDash. And I guess Uber Eats is a big competitor uh, in different regions. Um, uh, 
uh, but DoorDash, you know, kind of coming out and, and uh, will be really interesting is, is to see how they, they do with, with profit and, uh, or how they do with profits because there's been a lot of controversy around um, how some of these come, how some of these virtual uh, services, you know, pay employees. Obviously we see the big court cases happen with Uber that, you know, they treat their drivers as, as contractors and the court's kind of saying that they have to treat them as employees, which is obviously higher costs to the firm. Uh, and we're also seeing a lot of pressures around what these companies charge the restaurants to deliver, um, deliver the food. So obviously they also uh, charge the, the restaurants a percentage of the total bill. And I know Ontario as an example has just passed a law limiting uh, how much these services can charge the restaurants. So kind of a cap on, on, on the dollar or percentage uh, that they can charge. So it'll be really interesting to see how that IPO does. Uh, there is a lot of pent up demand, obviously, uh, given the, um, the double valuation, but we'll see how it performs after it gets into the market. So uh, we'll be looking for that once it came out before year end. <clears throat> Coming up in Canada, the third quarter GDP numbers I mentioned are expected to grow. Actually, they did not grow. <laughs> they shrank a little bit uh, from last month. So, um, so there was an expectation. So it was a little bit under, and that's just that slow. And again, they did grow. It's not. This is not a, a collapse of anything. It did grow, uh, but things are slowing down a little bit. Obviously, the second wave is slowing things down as well. Um, so I would expect, you know, kind of the December numbers to be a little bit off uh, than expectations. Uh, that's that's not a negative comment on what the markets are going to do. Uh, just, I think we're going to have to adjust our expectations going into December here and see how we get through this second wave. <clears throat> As I mentioned, the banks uh, reporting, uh, Bank of Montreal uh, posted um, a drop in profit in the quarter, mostly on lower, um, lower deposits and loan demands. Uh, so we've talked about the housing market, of course. Uh, prices are up, but volume slowed dramatically in the last couple of months. Uh, fewer and fewer people were, are borrowing, um, you know, the surge in deposit. So, you know, kind of demand for interest, a lot of competition around offering some higher interest, which, you know, squeezes their margin between what they can borrow from the, the, um, the, the federal, the Canadian bank, the bank of Canada, sorry, for, uh, versus what they can loan out. So a lot of pressures around, uh, their profit margins, uh, not, not bad pressures in the sense that we're not seeing increased defaults on loans <clears throat> just a decrease in demand which could turn around very quickly if we get out of the second wave people <clears throat> you know when we get the vaccines going uh that could turn uh, turn quickly so we're expecting uh, scotia's numbers to come out uh also here in the, uh, this week uh and probably a, a similar situation uh, to be seen there as well uh other news in canada uh, you know mud, uh, amid the surgeon numbers uh canada's to unveil more more spending so we we saw a, a peek into the uh, canadian budget or, or or look at to what they're they're talking about another round of stimulus into the new year and they've teased about 100 million dollars they haven't given a lot of uh, sorry 100 billion dollars uh not a lot of details around that uh as uh basically they've said it's going to go towards stimulating the economy, the economy is reopening or re-energize the economy after the second wave. So uh, a lot more details still to come out on that front, but uh, they did come out with that $100 billion number. 
the Canada's October production uh, producer prices uh, have been down on lumber. Uh, again, we've seen slower slower demand on uh, housing starts uh, or, or new builds or volumes in on that front. So a little bit lower, still growth, but a little bit lower. Uh, the Canadian Indigenous, Indigenous people uh, managed to strike a deal on the Keystone pipeline. Uh, so this is years and years of back and forth with TransCanada pipeline or now called TC Energy. Um, you know, they sold a billion dollar stake in the Keystone price to uh, an Indigenous group out of Saskatchewan, uh, whose first name who demanded, you know, uh, the, original, the original deal proposed to them was they, they would get paid a one-time payment uh, to put the pipeline through, but they were really going for an ownership stake uh, in ongoing revenues through the pipeline as opposed to just a one-time buy. So, so that, that deal was struck, uh, which you will push the pipeline uh, further to uh, push the project further forward. Uh, Canadian pension funds and insurances are seeking uh, debt debt investment. So, you know, one of the big areas for pension funds and insurers is they use debt, uh, you know, obviously guaranteed investment to, uh, to fund their demands, whether it be uh, pensioners to, to, to pay out or insurers, obviously to pay claims. Um, but uh, we're seeing that those interest rates shrink. So for the last few years, uh, and we've talked about this certainly in, in our, our written works for the last couple of years, and more in the videos, this alternative or private debt market. Uh, there's been a lot of demand. So rather than the traditional, you know, buying the bonds from the government or from the banks or from corporations, there's been a lot of private groups putting together debt financing, high quality debt financing uh, at preferred rates uh, and preferred terms uh, in order to um, in order to provide that to investors uh, and pension funds and insurers. Is, is, is drying up, just like the banks are seeing the, the borrowing drying up. So we're seeing that on the private debt side of things as well. Uh, and we're also seeing where we are seeing some volumes, the quality is shrinking as some companies uh, and businesses are under more and more pressure from the closures and from the pandemic. So uh, so that's a, that's a challenge for the pension funds and the insurers as they look for yield and quality at the same time. Uh, as far as the currencies go, the U.S. dollar continued uh, has been, continued to weaken against its back, basket of securities. I said last week we did see slight, slight increase, but overall the trend has been down, uh, and that's been going for a while. And as, as we've we've talked about, we expect that to to continue continue to slow over the next little while. Um, it did fall against the uh, the euro as well, where we're seeing the euro and also the pound uh, a bit of uh, a bit of increase there uh, as we get closer and closer to the Brexit deal, uh, which looks more and more favorable that they might have a deal. In fact, they're talking potentially um, in, the, in the next week or two having uh, things, some things organized, especially with Northern Ireland, uh, which is a big out outlier for the Brexit uh, negotiations. Of course, there would be a hard border between um, Northern Ireland and, and Ireland as, as one is in the UK and one is in Europe or, or part of the EU still. So, so they'll think there's, they're making headway there. The Canadian dollar uh, finished or my last look this morning uh, was 77.24, which is almost up a cent from last week. So very favorable on that front. Commodities, as I mentioned, oil, uh, we did see it up at $45, uh, which is probably the highest point we've seen since May. Uh, a little bit on uh, probably over exuberance uh, on the um, 
uh, on the OPEC plus uh, discussions as they don't seem to be making too much headway there. Uh, and there's still very little volume uh, from the institutional money uh, as it has been exiting oil. Uh, really, you know, again, I, I talk about it a lot, I think every week, we don't see a lot of upwards pressures there for, for a little while. Gold uh, ticked a little bit higher this morning, uh, did pull back a little bit last week on the rally in the markets. Uh, but again, we still see uh, that, that those stimulus packages driving that inflation number. So we're still, still uh, looking at gold as being a good performer for 2021. And it has been for this year as well uh, over the year. Uh, November was one of the worst months uh, for precious metals as a whole when we look at all the metals together. Uh, and that's again, just, just money flowing into, the, uh, into the, the rally that we saw in November. So what do we see in the markets? Uh, you know, obviously these high high pricing, are we in a bubble? Uh, are we seeing a, an overvaluation in the market? Should we be concerned? Well, whenever we see um, record highs, we should always be concerned. Uh, we talked about, you know, the potential of pullbacks last week, how to manage your portfolio through that, how to uh, put some protections into the portfolio uh, for a potential pullback. Uh, without getting out of the market because it could continue to go. So this week we're taking a look at what are the drivers in the market. Well, one, there's increased volume and, I, and, and we've discussed a little bit, uh, you know, one of the examples I can give this is that company called Robinhood. You might've heard the commercials, uh, but this is basically the, um, the mom and pop online. Uh, a lot of young people in there. I shouldn't use mom and pop, I guess. There's a lot, a lot of younger people who aren't mom and pops yet uh, out uh, being bought, you know, buying in through other people um, and we've seen some some really increased or driving in prices <clears throat> you know uh, I've given some examples in the past where zoom uh, you know which is the technology we're using here today <clears throat> you know zoom technologies uh, when, when the pandemic first hit uh, and, and zoom sales started to go through the roof uh, we started to see um, their stock increase but we also saw another zoom there's another company out there called zoom a penny stock um, that nothing was happening with that company. Uh, but these online buyers, uh, inexperienced buyers, uh, and that's why, you know, at the beginning, I always say, you know, consult with someone or do your own real due diligence before uh, acting on, on news or a tip, uh, because uh, we saw that Zoom stock, you know, go up almost uh, two, 300% uh, in value. Uh, and, and there was really nothing happening in the company. So what ended up happening, the people who owned that Zoom stock before just sold out of it, took, took you know, the gift of the return and the, and the people who, um, who had bought it mistaken uh, the stock for the real Zoom company uh, driving up uh, the, the price, uh, losing a lot of money as that corrected back down. We saw the same thing with Hertz when they declared that they were going chapter 11 in the United States or bankruptcy protection. Uh, the stock is basically worth zero. Uh, but, you know, some news came out that, you know, that they negotiated with their creditors, which just means the creditors get the assets. Uh, but again, we saw those inexperienced buyers seeing that as good news, driving the stock up almost 70% uh, in one day. And again, that stock was, was basically worthless uh, and, and, and would, would be reissued to the creditors at a value, but those who owned it uh, as an equity would get pretty much zero for it. So, um, that we're seeing this inexperience um, through technology 
uh, affected the volumes uh, in, in certain sectors in the market in general. And that is driving up part of the market. Uh, we've talked about it to be very careful of, you know, the, the, the high publicized names or the very public names when you see massive unwarranted moves in the stock price, it could be on these volumes uh, and you wanna be careful about jumping in too expensive on those because inevitably those volumes go away uh, or the news corrects that price as it realizes it was unwarranted. So that's one of the things we're seeing out there affecting these all time uh, highs in the markets. Uh, so it's something to be leery of. Low interest rates, so cheap money, sometimes called liquidity. So companies uh, and individuals are, are able to get money at almost zero uh, prices uh, or loan rates globally. Uh, so that injects a lot of capital into the market, which is healthy. Uh, and and, and the, both the Canadian bank and the U.S. Fed and even globally, uh, you know, international banks have basically or central banks have basically said, they're looking at trying to hold these rates this low for two to three years. I think that's an optimistic view uh, because with all this uh, printing of money uh, will drive inflation. And this is one of the key tools in their shed that they can use to keep inflation low. They do want to try to use other levers to, uh, to keep that inflation down before they pull the trigger on interest rates because interest rate hikes do slow the economy down. But, uh, but they do have a goal of two to three years. So, when we look at the markets, this uh, very low interest rates signal higher markets because it's cheap for companies to invest in growth. It's cheap for people to continue to spend money. Uh, so that drives that drives economies, that drives growth. So that's very positive. That's one of the reasons we're seeing these higher markets uh, and we don't see an end, an end of that, at least, you know, kind of even the most pessimistic views, certainly not into 2021, maybe uh, at the end of 2021, Maybe uh, in 2022, uh, I think it's optimistic of these uh, of the central banks to think that they can go three years, but uh, certainly for the next year or two, uh, that looks very favorable. Uh, so, as I mentioned, if you do have some debt, you know, mortgage out there, it's a good idea to go out and look at refinancing those at these lower rates. Um, you know, even paying the penalty over a five-year period, you could pocket a, a healthy savings depending on where your mortgage rate currently is. And then lastly, government stimulus packages. Government's out there giving money away, um, you know, obviously helping, uh, you know, the goal of that giving money away is to help people uh, and the economy and companies to get through this crisis and get through the pandemic. Um, but in the meantime, as they add stimulus to the economy, uh, that does drive the markets up because that means there's uh, more growth for companies, more spending happening. We saw the first round of stimulus uh, come out, uh, which, uh, you know, we saw that quick turnaround uh, and the market is very, very uh, optimistic uh, that the second round now, especially in the U.S., now that they're through their election, that the second round is going to come out uh, in the early new year. Uh, Canada, as I mentioned, kind of came out this morning with their number. Not a lot of details are around that. We're starting to hear a little bit of dribs and drabs around childcare um, benefits and percentage of support for lost income, uh, et cetera. But we haven't seen the full package yet. Uh, but the market is anticipating that to, that that stimulus to come out. And of course, the you know the other aspect, which um, you know can't be discounted, 
is just the return to normal or whatever the new normal is going to be. Uh, but, you know, the vaccine, obviously, uh, that's still a tunnel. And, and, and we've seen a little bit, certainly on Monday, a little bit of that optimism wane a little bit as the market starts to realize, you know, the vaccine's not an immediate solution. It's going to take time. But that being said, it is at least that light at the end of the tunnel that we are moving towards uh, a, a period of time or a day when we will at least have some sort of reopening, like full reopening, full full access. Um, you know, even if it's modified access, it will still be you know access to uh, businesses and industries. You know, and the big ones obviously be in travel, uh, and tourism, and hospitality. All these things that that we we haven't had for a while. So, so uh, so those are the things driving the market. So those are the things we keep an eye on. Obviously, uh, we expect these things to continue to grow. I do think December, um, you know, the numbers are going to be a little bit more realistic when it comes to that. We're you know we're, we're topping a little bit of growth here. That is actually normal for December. Plus, we're coming off the surge of reopening. Uh, but if we can keep those hospital numbers down and we don't see further closures in the economy, uh, we should move into the first quarter fairly healthy with all these factors in play uh, as, far as, the, uh, as far as the markets go. So keep that in mind. So uh, that's, that's what I have to talk about this week. Next week uh, will be our final week before I take a holiday break. Uh, unless something massively happens that that warrants a, a special a special breaking edition, breaking news edition uh, through the holidays, um, so uh, so do join us next week. We will cover uh, the weekly update uh, and, and we'll we'll give you some some extra news. We are looking at putting out a special video as well on Bitcoin. Uh, of course, it's hit a record high as well. Uh, so I, I'm going to take on the challenge of trying to explain at least what's happening in, in that sector and what uh, potentially to look for. Uh, if, if that's something that you've been following and are interested to look for that on our channel here in, in the next little while. If you have any questions, as mentioned at the beginning, go to mikeonmoney.com. Love to hear from you guys. Um, and with that, I wish everyone well. I wish everyone safe and uh, happy holiday planning, as it were. Uh, that uh, you can get out there and enjoy as much as possible. I'll talk to you next week and, uh, and then into the new year. Thanks, everyone. Bye now.